Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I am Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. And with us to start the show today... From the Washington Commanders defensive end, James Smith-Williams, who, if you're watching on YouTube, you just saw Logan literally give a round of applause. Round of applause, mm. that's right. It's exciting, man. Illustrious guest is James Smith-Williams. It's a big day for us. Oh, thank What's you. up, buddy? What's up, Craig? How you doing, man? I'm great. I'm excited to have you. Um, I've known James now pretty well um, through the nonprofit work that he does that we're going to talk about. Uh, Logan, you guys know each other quite well because you you help train James uh, sometimes. I mean, sometimes. James, how is sometimes. Logan as a trainer? Oh, he's great. He's the, you know, I was surprised the amount of knowledge he had. It was it was a pleasant surprise. First time we worked together, I was like, oh, okay, this guy actually knows a little something. Knows so a little was, something. I was don't, impressed. Was don't tell impressed. people that, though. It's good to just kind of fly under the radar, you know what I mean? Well, then no one will ever come to you. I think <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> Maybe that's a poor business approach. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, what are you doing? Are you is your schedule full? Just say that. You yeah. Create demand. That Great way, in demand. case you know, if James is out of town, then there's a spot. You want someone else to fill that. That's how. That's, right. that's how this Maybe training business works. I need to see like a business mentor or something. Someone to help me grow that, make that better. Yeah. You want yeah, to market here, here's your tip number one. <laughs> Don't say you suck. <laughs> it's self-deprecating. People That's find it charming, right? Something like that. Yeah. That's funny. Um, so what we're gonna we're gonna get into a couple different things with James today. Uh, of course, talking commanders football with him. Um, but also uh, you've got a camp coming up on July 15th. Uh, is for 7th to 12th graders, and you can sign up. We'll put the information in the episode link, or, uh, or we'll put the, the link uh, to email to, to sign up in the, uh, the episode description. Uh, we'll also, I think, flash it here on YouTube in the uh, in the graphics. So you email info. It's at theexpectation.org to sign up. Uh, it's in the DMV, so if you're in the DMV, you want to get some really great coaching. Uh, James, I think some of your teammates are going to be there. I'm yeah. actually going to be there uh, with, with my guy Chris Gores, training with the best crew uh, representing. So we got we got all kinds of stuff. We got physical therapist who's going to be on hand, who I work with as well, Dr. Carly Hampton, who's phenomenal. Um, so it, it is uh, James Smith-Williams Champions Camp, July 15th, starts at 9 a.m. 
uh, definitely you want to come if you're a parent, uh, you got a, a kid in the area uh, who, who wants to just become a better football player. And so, James, I'll, I'll start with the camp. Like, why did you want to put this on and, and why is it important to you? And what, what makes this camp a little different from uh, other football camps that might be out there? Yeah, so I mean, it was important for me because I've been in the DMV for going on four years now. And I feel like it's really embraced me as my second home and done a lot of work in the community. So if I had a chance to give back, I always will to this area. So that's why we chose the DMV as a place to host it. And then it's different because uh, there's an off-the-field component as well. Um, so you have the on-the-field football stuff we used to, the drills, the cone drills, um, movement prep, things like that. But also there's about an hour and a half session um, inside that kind of just works on healthy manhood, uh, being a good man, what's that look like, and just kind of helping the really have a holistic approach with, with growing our youth here in the DMV. What motivated that? Why, why kind of this dual nature of the camp? I mean, a lot of guys just have their football camps where they're make, making better football players. Why was that important to you to kind of cultivate good young men? Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of hit the, the nail on the head in your question. But um, for me, it's, it's just more more than football. I think football has been an amazing platform, but it's allowed me to do different things. So when I when I go and speak to the youth, I don't always talk about – I will talk about football because that's like my first level of engagement with them is what gets them to buy sure. in. But I want to hear about more than just football. I want to hear about how to be a good man, how to be a good teammate, how to be a good person in your community. I think that's, at the end of the day, much bigger than football. How has the work you've done with Set the Expectation specifically shaped what your definition of a good man is? Oh, I mean, it's, it's defined it. Um, I think being in different rooms and speaking to different populations, um, when, you, when you go to shelters and you go kind of see um, the people who are, are affected um, firsthand, it really changes how you view yourself. You understand that your worth isn't really defined in how you play football. It's more so defined in how you help those around you. So for background, for those that don't know, Set the Expectation uh, helps fight sexual and domestic violence by education geared towards men. You got involved in the organization uh, in college uh, after a presentation by founder Brenda Tracy. But what kind of work were you doing community-based or or thinking about these topics, masculinity, whatever it may be, before Brenda walks into that room and, and fundamentally changes your life? Yeah, I mean, I was doing, I think, things that the kind of team had to sign up for. You know, we hand out gifts through Christmas. We hand out bikes at basketball games. Um, But when Brenda came and spoke, that's when things really, really changed. And I took on uh, that role more myself and took a less of a passive approach and more of an active approach going to uh, seek out this issue and kind of approach it head on. Nice. And so for your camp, who are, do you speak or is it like a, a representative from Set the Expectation? Like, how does that go? So I think we have three speakers, at least okay. at least two, maybe a third. Um, I know Brenda will speak, uh, Kyle Richards will speak, and we might have a third one. I think we're working on, so I won't announce it here. Uh, <laughs> but I will be, I will be the on the field portion. Okay. Um, so I'll be working hands on with the youth. I'll have me a drill. I kind of float around. Um, so I'm really excited for that, and I will let the experts at speaking do their thing. <laughs> Um, I know also Brenda recently came to Washington to, to speak with the commanders. There's some great pictures and everything. I also know that you weren't able to actually be there that day because you had you had some things you had to take care of. But as you you got back to Ashburn and talked to your teammates, like what, what was the impression that was made um, for something that's touched your life so much when they got that same experience? Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's actually pretty crazy because Brenda works a lot with colleges. Um, so she's spoken to, I think, maybe a dozen of the guys already. So they kind of already had an idea what she was going to talk about. But um, 
the men or the men in the room who saw her uh, spoke so highly about it. Um, the coaches pulled me aside and they're like, "This is incredible! Like, this is I mean, it really gave me a different perspective." And my teammates who are at that maturity level and they're having a family and they're kind of you know opening their eyes to things that go on in the world and the things that you know we're often in the bubble playing football, especially in the NFL and that kind of just popped their bubble a little bit and gave them a little bit of perspective of what, of what really goes on. So everyone was really positive um, in terms of how they said the talk went. And so it was it was good getting back to Ashburn and hearing, hearing their reviews, for lack of a better word. Yeah, last question I'll ask you specific to the work um, in STE before we get to, you know, not necessarily just on the field commander stuff, but, you know, coaches and, and influential people, why you why you choose this avenue to, to connect with, with young people. But what's the breakthrough moment for you and, and you think for your teammates and coaches? Like, we all know that there are issues in, in our world, in our country, in our communities um, around sexual violence, around domestic violence. Um, and, and we can see statistics and we go, wow, that's, that's really bad. But what is it about the way that the work is approached with Brenda and what connected with you and, and, and same thing with your teammates that you think makes people have this this kind of switch get flipped compared to just another news story, another statistic? Yeah, I think it's two things, uh, really. One, it's Brenda's personal narrative. Um, she tells about, talks about her experience, things she's been through. Um, and I think that really resonates because oftentimes you kind of get lost in numbers on a board. It's a, oh, 70%, 60%, and there's no visualization of what that actually looks like. Um, and then secondly, uh, our approach here at SE is that men are the solution to the problem. And I think that's a very different approach versus, you know, you know, it's, it's your fault, men's fault. You have to do better. It's, it's more of an empowerment approach of, you know, we believe that if women could solve the issue of sexual violence, obviously they would. Just like if a black person could solve racism, we would. Like, it's, it, it's simple, right? Like, it's not on the oppressed to, to fix their oppression. It's just not how it works. Um, in terms of the power dynamics. So I think having that approach of saying, you know, we know men are the solution is a very unique approach and that really resonates well with a group of men. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I've sat through like hundreds of these kind of talks, you know, and it's very rare that people kind of, it speaks to them, you know, because it is very kind of at arm's length. And, uh, you know, you mentioned her personal experience and maybe her call to action is a little bit different, but is there something specific about the presentation that, I don't know, like that engages the guys in a special way because like it's very rare in, in my experience for anybody to come out of those things with anything but like, man, that was a waste of time. No, absolutely. I, I think for her, it's, it's definitely the personal narrative is uh, the engaging part, the hook, for lack of a, a better way. Um, if you don't know, uh, Brenda's a survivor of uh, gang rape from uh, Oregon State football players. Oh. So. She, t- she walks you through that that whole experience and it's it's horrific it's it makes your stomach hurt like if if you're a person with any humanity like it, it actually pains you and then to go from that to so with all that being said I know that yo you men in the room are the solution it's you're not expecting that right like you're kind of leaning away like oh here it comes we're finna get smacked in the back of the hand it's finna be a lot of finger pointing and then she instead turns around and you know embraces you and engages you and pulls you in and says hey like you can ensure that this doesn't happen to anyone else. Like you, you have that power and that influence in this room. And I think that's a very unique approach. And then, okay. I mean, I've always seen it work really well. 
Yeah, definitely. And if you want more information, set the expectation.org on STE, just incredible work um, that James and uh, Brenda and, and the whole crew is doing. I am a little biased. My wife works with uh, James and, and that group as well, but like it is, is really a remarkable, incredible. Um, and like James said, different approach that, that does help empower folks to be the solution to these problems um, in a way that does really connect with, with, uh, as even athletes in a way that's very different, uh, like Logan was saying, to a lot of the presentations and things that are put forth uh, in those types of talks. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, so, James, the camp um, specifically, obviously, there will be the component from Brenda, you know, an, a, a much more scaled down. You're talking to, to younger kids mm -hmm. uh, version of, you know, hey, this is about what it means to be healthy, uh, a healthy leader in your community, uh, masculinity, all those kinds of things. But uh, a football camp for this age group, like, why is that something that you wanted to do in terms of the football side of it of, of like, you know, did you try to figure out like which kids can have the biggest impact on seventh to 12th right. graders? Like what's the, what's the hook there? Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I think for me, it's a little bit easier. Um, when kids are younger, <laughs> you do a lot of wrangling and uh, I would like more instruction than wrangling. So I, I, you're I a defensive guy. Wrangling's what you do. Come on. Right, right, right. I think that's why we went seven to 12 because it's a little bit easier to actually give instruction to help them grow with, with the skill set versus, you know, if we have children there, it's going to be like, okay, run over the backs, run this way, run that way. And just trying to keep them engaged by running around for, you know, the, the time on the field. But Do you also, have any distinct – or go, go ahead, Logan. No, I was going to say, I also think it's probably helpful for the message of the camp too, right? Because those kid, kids kind of going into like adolescence and puberty, right? Like not only is it better to coach those kids, trust me, like do a lot of training with young kids. Like those young kids are tough. But, you know, <laughs> it's also a time where they are probably more ready for, you know, what it means to be a man, right? Because you're kind of going through yep. that high school experience. So I bet you that's really, really powerful for them also. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely a population in, in high school and middle school. If you're on the football team, you have a, a good amount of clout just for the yep. nature of being on the football team. So that's a good group to get to and kind of help them, you know, set a standard for themselves. And, you know, that will have a lot of impact over the school, probably adopting that standard and, and, you know, holding themselves accountable to it. Were there any camps or, you know, kind of formative experiences you remember from, you know, middle school, high school coaches or mentors that really impacted you? Yeah, I think for me, um, my biggest, I think when I got to high school, that's when I kind of saw all my mentors. Um, I met my mentors as coaches. Um, I had a defensive line coach who played at the University of North Carolina and played professionally for a little bit. And uh, Jamaica's Banks, who I still talk to to this day, and, you know, he really kind of helped me shape what it is to be a man coming from a single parent household like myself, right, having that male uh, mentor and leadership role, being one of my coaches was, was really helpful. That's great. I mean, like, that's kind of similar to my experience, too. Like, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's because you're kind of going through this formative change, right? You just get, like, these, you know, like, I've, I've come from a two-family home, but, like, my high school football coach is someone I still talk to fairly yeah. regularly, you know? And, like, I can't say that about any of my other coaches. And it is because yeah. it's kind of this big transition phase in your life. So, you know, do you have any motivation to kind of, through these camps, kind of develop a mentorship role for these kids? Or is this more like we're kind of providing resources for, like, a one-time thing? Or is there, like, a longer vision potentially? 
there's definitely a longer vision. I would love for this to be a, a series of camps, right? And sure. not just be a deal. Um, in terms of mentorship role, it's it's hard for me to to give my time to to kids I don't know on a one to one level, right? Sure. But I, I when I'm there, I'm, I'm happy to pass on any knowledge. You know, yeah, come yeah. back. To High schools, like I, I do love the DMV, and anyone who comes to the camp, I'm happy to come to their high school. I'm happy to, you know, engage in what they have going on in the community, right? So, so I think for me, it's it's definitely a vision of it being more than one-off thing, and it being a partnership that we can continue throughout the year. Yeah, absolutely. One one thing that I think is interesting too, James. This kind of is a combo of the camp and, and the work, right? Is you know, in talking to you and, and talking to Rachel about some of the things in the past, like that you've done. One of the things that that comes back is that you keep showing up, and you know, whether it is something where, you know, it, it okay, yeah, you can't give one on one time and attention to every kid that comes to the no. camp over the long term, right? You can't have that like, hey, I'm yeah, text me anytime relationship. That's just unfeasible for a camp where there might be a hundred kids. If you do this camp every year and you keep coming back, um, in the same way that when you you go to a shelter and like, oh yeah, hey, James is coming back. Like there's there's something there for the kids. Is that can you talk about that a little bit more? I know that's not that's the worst question. Yeah. My journalism professors want to fire me into the sun for how poorly this right. is formed. But right, like, right. can you talk a little bit more about that? Like the power yeah. of that, um, and, and and what kind of feedback you receive when you continue to go back to similar places and and continue the work as opposed to parachuting in and then never yeah. being seen again. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's definitely you know showing up. When you show up for the, a shelter or, or children or the families, it's, it's building that rapport with them, that trust that, okay, he's actually here to help. He actually cares about us. There's a level of care and, and trust that's built. And I think that is um, irreplaceable because a lot of these kids who are in the shelters who are experiencing, you know, uh, DV and, and, and sexual assault potentially, right? Like they don't, oftentimes they don't have a male role model that they know to be positive, right? So whether it be, um, girls in the shelters and they have a fear of men because all the men they've been around have tried to hurt them or it's men it's helping break that that cycle of abuse because they saw their father hit their mother so they think that's their expectation of what it is to be a man so i, I think for me showing up is important because then i can build the trust and relationship with these 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 children and these families and even the women that are in the shelters who you know they're they've been in that shelter because they've been displaced by violence oftentimes by a man right nine out of ten times, nine and a half out of ten times. So showing them that there's men out here who aren't violent, who care, who want to help. I mean, that, I think that changed the entire dynamic of the family. Um, so yeah. showing is just, I mean, it's that's the most important thing is just being there. If you can just be there, that's that beats anything else. Yeah, and just just uh, to kind of underscore, um, the camp is for everyone, right? It's it's not you know you don't have to have been uh, directly affected by these issues to to have your kid come to the camp. Um, this this is a football camp. Um, it just happens to have a component that you're going to talk about some things that you might not at a normal football camp. That's hopefully going to help make make the DMV a little bit better and safer community for all of us. Um, and, but uh, definitely, I think that concept of showing up. You know, this is hopefully the first of of an annual type of thing. Um, you know. Yeah. James, James will be there next year and the year after that and the year after that. And you, know, you build those relationships that way. Um, actually, I'm going to ask both of you real quick and then let's get to, to commander stuff. If you had to pick one person, whether it could be high school, college, you know, whatever, someone you met at a camp, someone you played for directly, who has been the biggest football influence on your life? Biggest football influence. 
So I think there's a couple different ways to like approach the question. I think for yeah. me, I, I have a handful just because I have two high school coaches that I think really inspired me to believe in myself that I could continue playing at the next level. And my defensive line coach and, and my head coach, and they were there along the way, kind of guided me through the process. And then I had a uh, defensive line coach. Um, my first couple of years in college, his name is uh, Ryan Nelson. He's now the DC for the Falcons, I believe. Or the Saints, maybe one of the two. Uh, he, <laughs> I should figure that out, James. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But um, when I was in college, um, he he rode me like no other. Like it was like I used to dread being around him. And and now, um, seeing where I am now and the skill stuff, he kind of helped me develop and grow. I'm very appreciative of our time together. Um, so I think those are probably like my three from a, a purely football um, standpoint. Then I had another. Coach Kevin Patrick, my last couple of years there, who was also an amazing coach, and I think for me, it's always been defensive line coaches. That's that's been who's really shaped me and molded me the most. Uh, Ryan is with the Falcons now, by the way. Just to Falcons. pocket pocket that you had it right the first time. You shouldn't have doubted yourself. Uh, but he was Ryan. With Saints. Ryan's with the Falcons. Yeah, LSU Saints. He, he's really taken off since his time at Old Little NC State. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, what about you? Uh, for me, for you? yeah, for me, it's my high school football coaches. And it's like, you know, that cool staff. Cause like I was like a, I was playing soccer growing up, you know, and like football was something my dad signed me up for when I got to high school. So that I have friends. So I didn't even know like any of the positions. I didn't know anything about football. And so these guys, like they, they pushed me hard. They, they put me in positions where I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself, but they had a lot of confidence in me. And I grew as a player and I grew as a man. And basically, like, they got me a scholarship. You know, I had to play football, but they, like, really, you know, promoted me and, and gave me that opportunity. And then, obviously, like, over the course of my career, I've made excellent friendships and, and built fantastic relationships with coaches. And they've all impacted me, you know, strength coaches, trainers, like everybody, right? But those, I'd say, is like a founda foundational piece. Those guys really just did an outstanding job just showing me what it took and uh, giving me the confidence to, like, continue down this path. So... 100% those high school coaches. You know, it's Take not that you were a soccer kid with uh, no, no surprise. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, soccer kid with no friends. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you've worked with me. You understand, like, I'm not the, I'm a little bit of an awkward guy. So imagine yeah. it being like magnified by a thousand when I was in like middle school and high school. So I get it. You're just Casey Tuhill Sr. I get Casey it. Casey Tuhill Sr. And that's, <laughs> that's not a bad thing, man. You know, try hard white guys. We got a spot. You know, look, look, they, very important. Very important. Yeah, very important. Was Casey, was Casey also a soccer guy? No, James is just mocking Casey because he thinks Casey's weird, which is unfair to Casey because you guys are supposed to be friends. So be nice to Casey. We are. We're brothers. That's why I can mock him publicly on the podcast. <laughs> he will hear this and laugh. Or maybe he'll never hear it. Man. I don't know. But he did hear it. <laughs> yeah, Casey too, a frequent podcast listener. Yeah, but, uh, he maybe. Is. You he don't know. For he definitely is. He definitely uh, <laughs> is. Here's, here's what I can guarantee. If he is, we're going to hear about this one. Yeah. No doubt. This no is doubt. kind of a test case. This is a this is a test balloon. This is a canary in a coal mine. Logan, we haven't used that phrase yeah. in a while. You got to bring that back. That's like one of your go-tos. So it's good. Yeah, good, it is. Good it makes a, an appearance here. Excellent. Excellent.